Welcome to Ascent, a podcast from Impact Youth Ministry in Tacoma, Washington. Each week, we discuss issues relevant to students as they strive to follow Jesus here and now, offering a biblical perspective based on our experience leading teens each week. Let's get started. Welcome. I'm Chris, the youth pastor here at Impact uh, Ministry of Fellowship Bible Church here in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, today, we're going to talk with uh, Michaela and Michael. They'll introduce themselves in just a minute. And we're going to give you a brief overview of what Impact is and, and just some background on who we are and why we do what we do. Hey, you guys, I'm Michaela, and I work with the youth ministry. I've been on staff here at FBC for, oh gosh, um, since I graduated. So it's been about five years now. And I am super passionate about working with teenagers because I feel like I have recently been in your shoes and there's a lot of um, a lot of roads to navigate in your teenage years. And so I like wrestling with those um, topics with you guys as we just look at Jesus together. So I frequently work with the high school girls um, um, and you often will see me as the one giving announcements and the girl behind all the emails. So it's a little bit about who I am. Handing it off to you, Michael. Hey, guys, what's up? Uh, my name is Michael Lennox. You guys probably recognize me from leading worship on Tuesday nights. I'm also a high school guys leader on Tuesday nights. Um, I've been working with youth group for quite a few years, um, all throughout college. So you know, five years or so. And before that, I was even a student leader in the youth group with uh, Michaela. So we've been a part of this for a long time. I'm really just excited to be here to talk about some cool stuff on this podcast. Back in the day, we were a two-man student leadership team. (laughs) So... I have uh, four kids who have come up through the youth group here at Fellowship Bible Church. Um, And... Going all the way back to when the oldest one started, and he's just a couple years younger than you guys. Um, I know it, it has uh, gone through a couple changes and transitions over the years, but um, I'm curious, like when you guys started, what the uh, I guess kind of what the context of uh, the youth group here was. Well, I'm going to go first because I've been here a little longer than Michaela. Uh, But back in the day, it was pretty small. We had probably 15 to 20 students a week total um, on Tuesday nights. So that was including both age groups. Um, I remember from those earliest days that each week in my uh, small group, it was maybe five of us total uh, meeting with two leaders. So it was definitely a smaller vibe going on a lot, um, a lot more intimate, so to speak. And over time, it's continued to kind of grow and develop with the more students that have come in, the change in leadership. Um, But yeah, kind of taking it back, we used to meet every week for high school, every other week for middle school. And way at the beginning, we would all meet in different places. So the high school guys would meet at somebody's house. The high school girls would meet at the church. We would never interact with each other. The groups were completely distinct and it was more of a gender separate Bible study. Um, Mm -hmm. And then once I got more towards my high school years, probably ninth grade or so is when we started to kind of integrate together. And then, um, that's around the time that Michaela showed up on the scene. So let's let her take over there. Yeah, I think I started coming to FBC and attending the youth group um, 
gosh, I was a sophomore, so I was 15, 15 or 16. And I remember being really intimidated to just join a new youth group. Um, in general, the church I'd come from, I had been raised in since I was a tiny little thing in nursery. And so I was really comfortable with that group of people. And so then when I switched churches and my family started attending Fellowship Bible Church, it was really just new territory, I guess. And so the youth group was the first thing, though, that we wanted to dive into because I'm the oldest of four. And so we just knew that this was going to be a place that our family was going to be spending a lot of time. And so we felt right at home at FBC in the youth ministry right away. And I think that um, we had the opportunity because it was so small to make some really good connections specifically with the people who are leading the ministry. Um, I know that the three women who kind of filled those roles as the high school girl leaders while I was a student um, are still really influential and instrumental in my life today. And so I think discipleship has always been a part of the heartbeat of this church and the heartbeat of the youth ministry in general. And so I just know that that was probably the most impactful element, I guess, of the youth ministry as I grew up. Did you realize at the time that discipleship is what was happening? No, not at all. I just knew that they took the time to actually talk to me and care about my answers. And so when they would greet me, um, they meaning, you know, the leaders specifically, but also the other students, um, but specifically when the leaders would take the time out of their day to um, pursue me in a way that didn't feel like they had to. It wasn't a task. It was something that they sincerely wanted to know how I was doing, how my walk with the Lord was. And it felt more like a friendship um, that they were just constantly bringing Jesus into. How was it transitioning? Like once you graduated, did you actually like take some time off to go to school? Did you guys just roll right up into uh, being a like a Tuesday night leader? I think we actually followed a very similar like timeline of things. We were both student leaders when we were in high school. And so we were comfortable and familiar and had the desire to continue serving once we graduated. But we both went off to school. And then in the first year of being a college student, we kind of acted as an event leader when it was necessary and as we could, and we could come back and participate in that way. And then we actually both became interns at the same time. One summer, Michael was working more towards the worship side of things, and I was exclusively in the youth ministry. And so we, I think, both had a heart um, to serve. And we knew that, you know, if that if we were to take a break, I guess, from serving, that it's so easy to then walk away from the church. And so because we were really rooted in a ministry all through high school, I think it was easy to kind of take that next step and make it a choice to continue serving the Lord in that way. I have to ask you, though, Michaela, did you feel like you had a choice in the matter? Because your parents were both super involved. <laughs> they were. And they actually became youth leaders the year that I graduated. And so they actually were here for like six months before I was. I don't know. I, I would say I definitely had a choice because Matt, who was the youth pastor at the time, put the off opportunity before me a few times to intern. And I said no, one, f because I was in college at in California. So I was 2,000 miles away. It was a little bit harder to do. Um, but even when I came back, I was a little bit um, resistant first to dive back in because I felt like I was so close in age um, to the other students that I, I don't know, I didn't want that to be an uncomfortable line. But at the same time, I also knew that there was no other place I wanted to be serving. So yes, it was a choice, but at the same time, like when the Lord has a path for you, he's going to take you down that road. Yeah. And Michaela kind of mentioned we had similar experiences. I will say there were a couple of key differences. Um, she kind of jumped right back in. I did take about a year off and I also graduated a year after Michaela. So our timelines were a little staggered. 
so in that year, I had no intention of coming back to serve in any way. Um, but I did go to school kind of a little bit further away, not than Michaela. I went to school in Seattle, so I was still close to home, but not necessarily close to FBC. Um, and Matt, the youth pastor at the time, would ask me from time to time to come and uh, lead worship for events because at that point we didn't really have a youth worship band or anybody else musically inclined that was willing to step up. So I would come back for events here and there. And really for the first two years, um, that's all I did. So the first time I came back was about a year after I graduated for a retreat. And then the following year, I just led a worship at a couple retreats. And then over time, as I spent time at those retreats, I kind of got a glimpse into what it was like to be a leader. And to be perfectly honest, that was not something I was ever interested in doing, like working with high schoolers or even middle schoolers was not something I pictured myself doing. Um, but as I spent time on the sidelines to some extent, um, just watching, but then also getting to interact. I really found myself thinking that it was valuable for there to be somebody involved that was closer in age to the people um, because I was close enough that I had recently experienced a lot of the same things that the students were experiencing and I had navigated, I guess, successfully to the other side, but also further enough away to have developed some life experience. I had been gone for a while, so that had given me some distance, maybe some maturity that I wouldn't have had if I had stayed the whole time. And that's really what drew me in, is thinking back to my time in high school. I had some awesome leaders, but none of them were even remotely close to my age. So I remember thinking, even in that time, it would have been really valuable for somebody that was in their 20s to be pouring into my life. And that's what I love about being in this position now, is getting to do that for the kids that are, you know, 15, 16, 17, and just getting ready to start their life. I will say that just what you're saying just, I think, describes to me so much the importance of the team of leaders that we have here. Maybe you can, one of you guys would like to touch on how the youth group here kind of started to grow because it was fairly small when you guys were in the youth group. Uh, when did it actually start to grow maybe a little bit and then start encompassing more leaders? Because now we have such a, at least age-wise, diverse leadership team that uh, I, I feel like we just have such a nice combination of people to speak into the lives of the students. They can see people, leaders who are not very much older than them, some who are a few years older like you guys now, and then all the way up to we actually have some grandparents on our on our leadership team. So, yeah, I think that if there was ever something or an example of um, this being the Lord's ministry and not ours, it's evidenced in the way the ministry grew, because I would say that we weren't giving much attention to outreach or growing in number at all. So we were very depth focused and discipleship focused um, for a long time and that's awesome and excellent and then about three years ago, I would say the kids started really reaching out to their friends and in any way that we have grown, it's because the Lord is working in their hearts. Um, and that was a really cool thing to see because all of a sudden we started seeing these kids that um, we didn't know. A lot of them don't actually attend this church and they're friends of friends and um, not all of them are FBC lifers. And so when the diversity of the students kind of was rising, that also necessitated a leadership team who could um, meet them where they're at. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many people who are um, passionate about speaking into these kids' lives who are walking in different seasons themselves. So like Chris, like you were saying, we have kids 
kids who have, um, well, I guess they're not kids, they're leaders, but people who just recently graduated high school <laughs> serving on our team, um, which is so cool. And then we also have people who are in their, you know, 50s. And um, I would say that there has been so much experience brought to the table and so much wisdom that I've personally benefited from as I have served alongside these kids where I feel like I have been um, been blessed and been served by being a part of this team. And being a part of a team is one of the most powerful senses of belonging and opportunities for community. And so I think it's cool to watch people also like serve the Lord in their elements and using their talents and gifts. So that's been a cool thing to see over the years. I would add on that I would attribute a lot of the growth in that time frame to the leaders that were involved then, mm-hmm. um, specifically Matt and Stacy, and then Stephanie and Randy. I think that they really encouraged um, their groups to do a lot of that outreach. So I just think of uh, Steph and her drama class and how so many of them started coming because of the kids in that group that are already here. And then they just kept inviting and inviting and inviting. Even at one point, every single student in that class, except for one, (laughs) and he would come to events. He just had something else going on on our Tuesday nights. Yeah. And things like that were really the catalyst, I think, for a lot of that growth. I remember Matt really being in tune to those opportunities to, to just be really focused on inviting people from your everyday life. And that, trying to make it accessible, but also full of depth. I remember even just briefly in my time in high school, I had been encouraged by him to invite somebody that I didn't think would be interested. And they came only once, but they the feedback was really good. They just said that there's nothing else quite like this in this area. Most of the youth groups that I've been to have been really focused on just like entertaining students. And I came here and I felt like I actually learned something and that people were invested in me. And so I think that is another draw and maybe why the um, growth has happened is just the content and the way that we do ministry is just fundamentally different than a lot of the alternatives in the area. Oh, that, I'm, I'm just that begs the question then to me, how do we guard it to make sure that uh, we keep it focused on the depth and not on the entertainment? That's something I think we just can't let casually, you know, go by the wayside. One of the things that one of the lessons, I guess, that I've learned or in high school and carried through into leadership and am now trying to teach my students is that a life that is dependent on the Word of God is going to be one that's rooted and grounded um, and able to grow. And I think that the growth, the personal growth in the Lord is um, something that is obviously a focus. And we do that here through biblical teaching. Like we don't shy away from the topics that are hard and we navigate straight through books of the Bible um, and we take our time as we do it. And then I would say that one of the things that both has promoted uh, growth kind of organically, but then also protects the integrity of the youth ministry is our small group times. And that's where the leaders have the opportunity to really know the students and the students have an opportunity to really know each other. But ultimately it's where the word of God is discussed and we are able to kind of wrestle with concepts that are maybe confusing or frustrating or beautiful and glorifying and um, kind of all of the above. But small group time, I think, is one thing that really sets this youth ministry apart. We dedicate almost an equal amount of time to small groups as we do to teaching each week. And that's intentional. Um, That's a choice that we've made because we know the value of just getting to be in a 
um, environment where you can be transparent and admit when you don't understand something and see other people's point of view and see how the Lord is working in their lives to reveal truth and get to share those ideas back and forth. And it's also an accountability group um, to a large degree where your theology is kept in check through community. And that happens through small groups. So that's probably my favorite time of any Tuesday night is getting to sit down after the message, after worship with my small group girls and just kind of hear their hearts and hear how the Lord's working in their life. And um, ultimately with the goal to change all of us, you know, and that we're changed by each other through the power of the spirit. I think that small group time is the part that actually God uses to change them the most. Uh, There's something so powerful about them having the opportunity to be vulnerable and to um, share prayer requests and then for um, other people in the group to be able to pray for them, I think is just super powerful. And I think that the tone for that is really set with the leaders that we have in place and um, how they aren't afraid to jump in and be real with the students and be vulnerable just as well and to have students pray for them. I think shows a lot of my idea of discipleship, which is just leading life next to each other, but with somebody maybe from a different age group or from a different Christian experience who can just allow you into their life in a way where you can see God working in them. And I think that that's a a real powerful way that Jesus really grows the kids here. I think something else that I might kind of want to touch on, and maybe this will spark a thought for you guys, is um, maybe the reason why I do what I do, because I was happy in a, in a career where I was teaching and um, life was good. And I mean, it's really tough to beat summers off, period. <laughs> and then when the when the elders here approached me, though, about taking the youth pastor position that was becoming available, it was a it was a real sacrifice for me to give up what I had going on Tuesday nights and in my own career to come and pour it into the students here. But to me, it was kind of a no brainer just because one, I got to come here and be a part of the amazing team that was already in place um, and to work with the students here. But to me, it's about having the opportunity to pour back into those students. Like I mentioned earlier, I have four students who have come up through the program, the youngest of which is a junior now. FBC and the youth ministry here has meant so much in the lives of my family. The youth ministry has covered up many of the shortcomings I have as a father and um, the way that that you guys and the other leaders over the years have poured into my kids has um, really shaped them and shaped their faith into uh, what it is today. And I just, out of a heart of gratitude, there's no way I could have turned down the opportunity to be a part of that and affect teenagers because I know I mean, I just think back and I remember what it was like to be a teenager and how difficult it was and all of the decisions and how hard it is to grow up. And I just want to be a part of shaping students and and coming alongside them so that they know that people get it. It's hard and it's even harder now for them than it was what a million years ago when I was in high school. So to me, it's just such a 
blessing that God has given me this opportunity to work with students. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Right. You've mentioned already a couple things, such as our um, the way we teach the Bible and our small groups. But are there any other ways you think maybe that are kind of uh, key parts of what we do here that might set us apart? Or not even that it's different than what other youth groups do, but but it's an effective tool that Jesus uses to reach the students. And I would say that one of the things that we've been developing and doing as a leadership team, and you can attest to this, is just consistent communication with the students, even outside of Tuesday nights. And I think that is one of the big draws to uh, the kids that come is that they know that the people that are investing in them on Tuesday nights are going to continue to care about them throughout the week um, because it's not just some superficial relationship that's there once a week. And I think that is probably the biggest difference. I'm not hitting on anybody else or anybody else around. I don't know exactly how that works. I just know that depending on how big things get or what type of operation you're running, that doesn't always happen. And I've heard testimony after testimony from students about how that's why they come back week after week. I think that's part of the beauty of what God has in place here. When I became the youth pastor like a year and a half ago now, maybe even close to two years, there was already such a large group of leaders um, who were doing effective ministry and um, working as a team together. But the blessing of having such a large team is that we're able to actually break into those smaller groups. And our small groups are, are, you know, of a size six to 10 students where you can focus on those students, but then after youth group's over, you still can interact with the other students who are there that who might not be in your small group, but who you still have an opportunity to impact as we're, you know, fellowshipping as we wrap up the night or before youth group really starts and we're all kind of hanging out doing an icebreaker. It's that amazing leadership group that God has really provided that I think makes the huge difference in our students. So now the question I have for you guys is if you were talking to the parents of students here in Impact, what would you want them to know that maybe they don't realize about Impact or the leadership team? I think if I was talking to parents, um, one of the first things I would tell them is that we call ourselves the Impact Tribe for a reason. And one of those reasons is that as a leadership team, we are inviting your whole family into the tribe. So we are partnering with you to pour into the lives of your kids, hopefully just to be another voice to speak truth. And so the heart of our leaders is really to know the parents in a way that allows us to serve their kids the best. Because even though we have the cool opportunity to get to know the kids, hopefully faithfully over their time in the youth ministry, it's still only a few hours a week in comparison to these parents who are pouring their lives um, and dedicating their lives into their kids. And so I would say that one thing I would want parents to know is that we are fiercely for your child and we're fiercely for you. And so we make an effort to um, make this a family-based ministry where your younger kids are looking forward to being a part of this community and where you know that your um, your voice is heard as well and that ultimately that we are hoping to point your children to Jesus in everything, in our, in our words and in our deeds. And so um, we know that that is something that we want to partner alongside you to do. 
Amen. That's such a great way to put it, too, to partner with them. And I think part of that uh, means that uh, parents should not be afraid to reach out to us and let us know what's going on or if there's something in specific that uh, we can do to maybe better come alongside their kid and understand what's going on in their life. The other night at home church, one of the women in our group told us, yeah, we watched your Q&A night. And I was like, you watched our Q&A. How'd you even know about our Q&A night? And uh, she said it came up in her Google feed. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, that's that's great. All of that made me realize, though, that other people and probably other people who follow some of the live streaming and other things that FBC is doing online, probably some other people from FBC are going to hear this. What would you say to them or what would you like them to know? I would say, hey, welcome to our <laughs> podcast. Um, but also, I think that this is just a really cool way to um, keep the church connected. It's really easy especially surrounding youth ministry, to have it become a separate entity from the rest of the church. And that's not our goal. We definitely want to provide um, opportunities for the students to have their own place, and that's a good thing. But we don't want it to be entirely separated. So if you're listening in or watching the Q&As or maybe watching our live streams that we may have coming up, um, that's just a great way for you to see really what's going on. Um, we don't have anything to hide. <laughs> We're happy to show you what we do on Tuesday nights and throughout the week so that you can get a glimpse into how we're pouring into um, your students. And I think that probably one of the biggest strengths of Fellowship Bible Church is the multi-generational aspect of it. And I have found nothing but the older generation of believers here at FBC um, embracing us and reaching out to us and supporting us in uh, snacks or the, the budget even, <laughs> you know. So I think one of the things I would like to say to everybody who is a part of Fellowship Bible Church is thank you. Thank you so much for the way you make us feel like we're a part of the church and that we're valuable and that we contribute. Thank you for supporting us and for allowing us to, in this particularly strange time, be able to uh, tap into technology where we can still continue to reach out and um, encourage our students and disciple them and um, make them help them love Jesus better. I guess kind of the last thing that I would like to throw out there to you guys is in spite of everything that we've already talked about, what if there's a student um, who is sitting at home listening to this who is not part of a youth group, maybe not even part of a church? What would you say to them? I would say we want you to be a part of our tribe. Like we would love the opportunity to get to know you and we're not scary. Personally, I think I'm one of the least scary people in the room, um, but we want you to come and be a part of what we do here and meet Jesus through um, the relationships and the friendships you'll form and through the teaching. So I would invite you just to um, find some courage to just show up and see what happens and see what the Lord does through that opportunity and just being in being present and know that you could always come sit with us. If you are looking for someone just to kind of help break the ice and get you plugged into community, we definitely, we would definitely love to get to know you. And I would add on to that. I think that now is actually a really good time to take a look at what's going on. One of the scariest parts about joining a new thing is that initial 
experience, getting their like getting the courage to show up and not know anybody. And right now you actually have a unique opportunity to check out who we are without actually showing up. So if you head to impactyouthministry.org, we have recent sermon videos, we have a Q&A night, we have devotionals from our leadership team that will help you get to know them on some level. We're going to be having live streams of worship nights, all kinds of ways to get to know what to expect if you show up. And then from there, if you like what you see, there's there are ways on the website to reach out, give us your information, and we'll get in touch with you and even get to know you before we're able to meet in person. But I will say this, as great as all that is, you still will be blown away the first time you actually come when we're able to meet together by the genuine friendliness and kindness of our students. They are so welcoming. It actually overwhelms me. I was just going to say, there's also a very good chance you'll get a free sticker if you come for the first time. So if you weren't enticed to come before, that was your your big incentive. Thank you for tuning into Ascent. For more information on Impact Youth Ministry, visit www.impactyouthministry.org. We'll see you next week.